This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. This is not something that I'm going to go in and, you know, kind of be the next George Whitfield and, and everything's going to change and I've got to figure out how to get there. Hello and welcome to Theology on the Go. I'm Jonathan Master, joined as always by my co-host and friend, James Dolezal. And James, today we we want to do something a little bit different. The guest that we have on the line is a dear friend of mine and someone that you know a little bit. And some of our some of our listeners might know him through some of his writing as well. But he is a, a pastor of a church. He's pastor of Greenbelt Baptist Church, suburb of Washington, D.C. He's coming up on his fifth anniversary at the church. And really, our intent was just to talk to him a little bit about what his life in the pastorate looks like, what he's been surprised by, what he's been helped by, and just to hear from this guy who is really in the trenches doing the work of a pastor. And we should say we're not having uh, Steve on because Steve has uh, a whole new paradigm to offer. And in fact, uh, what I think will be interesting in in having this conversation with Steve uh today is that he's actually offering us uh, a very old paradigm that may seem really unexotic uh, to those that are uh, looking for a complete overhaul, but it might be exactly the overhaul uh, that some are looking for. Yeah, I think you're right. Pastoral ministry can get so trapped in faddishness, in chasing the latest trends, and, and in sort of comparing what seems to be happening somewhere else with what seems to be happening in your own life. Uh, I think I think everyone's prone to that, but I think pastors are particularly prone to that. And so I, I'm looking forward to talking to to Steve just to see to to hear how he he's navigated through that. Right. And I and I think that's going to be helpful because it's easy to look it's easy to look over the hedge and say it's sensational everywhere else uh except here. Here it's just me counseling, preaching, having meetings, uh, right. doing the ordinary work. But Steve will be, I think, a good sounding board for us on the, the beginnings of an ordinary ministry. That's what I'm hoping for as well. Steve, thanks uh, thanks for joining us today. Well, it's my pleasure, John. Good to hear your voice. I wanted to start with, um, as you look back on these five years, what are some things that if you could go back and sort of talk to yourself at the beginning, what are, what are some things that have really surprised you have not kind of gone the way you expected them to go when you were installed as pastor there almost five years ago? You know, I think in one sense, there's not a lot that has surprised me. Uh, I've gone in kind of expecting and, and looking forward to, uh, just kind of the regular ordinary means of grace um, being being given my, my preaching, my meeting with people. And, you know, every other week there's some kind of minor event or, or blow up that happens. But, but for the most part, I, I really do think that these kind of first five years have just been a kind of steady week in, week out, worshiping with the church, uh, shepherding the church, preaching God's word, and a lot of counseling. So in that sense, yeah, I don't think, one thing I'm, I'm looking back and saying, oh my, that, that's not what I expected. I think the New Testament had it right. And, uh, <laughs> and we <laughs> agree. Seeing a lot of what Paul and Peter uh, have laid out. And I'm like, oh, th- this is good. This is encouraging. So the expectations were sort of in the bounds of what you thought might be coming. Uh, is there anything that 
Steve Unthink now could say to Steve Unthink five years ago um, yeah. with regard to just preparing for the weekly and the ordinary. I think sometimes, especially those that are training or doing internships on their way to ministry, we become accustomed to change pretty rapidly, big changes, uh, whether that's going into school, graduating from school, doing an internship. And there's a, there's a sense of um, everything feels energetic and short-lived, Right. Um, and I wonder if, if you could comment about just maybe you were tired of that and ready to settle down. But I think some pastors, when they come into a ministry, might feel a little restless at the idea of I'm parking here and I'm I'm actually going to be here doing a very similar thing week in and week out. Maybe you could speak yeah. uh, to That's that right. settling so down. There's a long view, right? There's a long view. And, you know, I think I had that conviction before going in that this is not something that I'm going to go in and, you know, kind of be the next George Whitfield and, and everything's going to change. And I've got to figure out how to get there, hmm. but more kind of, all right, here's the steady and slow, you know, again, the ordinary way in which God is going to grow his people, his church. And, um, and, and I'm kind of signed on for that. Looking back, you know, if, if I could, if I could speak to myself five years ago, um, this is probably a little bit more personal to me, but, you know, take, take a little bit more seriously some of the administrative things, some of the less like glorious behind the scenes budgeting and, and, and making sure a website does kind of, you know, look up to par, the, the, those kind of mundane things, but also encourage a younger me to say, look, you're a part of a church where tons of people have been gifted. You've got other elders, you've got deacons, you've got other brothers and sisters who, you know, God has gifted to be a part of this body. Uh, so rest and rely upon them. And, um, you know, don't, don't wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning worrying about what the website's going to look like. That's very minor in, in the long view of things. And, and God's gifted people within the church will help you deal with it. I know that one of the things, Steve, that you you've been working on over these five years has been the formation of your elders there at, at Greenbelt. And it's sort of, there's a, there's a history of the church that lies behind that. But uh, apart from that specific history, how valuable has it been for you to be co-laboring with other men who are also serving as elders? How, how significant has that been and, and how sort of worthwhile has that investment turned out to be for you as you've gone through this, these first uh, few years? Yeah, it's such a blessing. Again, you know, the New Testament got it right. <laughs> uh, the inspired word knows, knows what it's talking about. Uh, and, and the fact that there are other men, a, a kind of plurality of other co-laborers in the ministry, just, it takes a lot off of me. So, you know, uh, one, I don't, I don't have to kind of buy into the lie that I'm, I'm the CEO of this ship. Uh, and every decision relies upon me. And, and, you know, when I make a bad decision, all right, now the whole thing's on me. Not, not quite. No, there's, there's other men that, that we're, we're praying together every week and, and we're discussing the hard issues and, and thinking through how best to apply what God's word says to any given situation. And when you, when you have other guys like that, godly men who are just kind of steeped in, in the wisdom of the Bible, it makes ministry more joyful. I'm not going to say easier, but, but certainly more joyful. Um, maybe you could speak a little bit about how 
some of the elders have helped you. I know in my own time in the ministry, uh, I think I came in with the mentality of I've got to be the best at everything that an elder is called to be. And then I found out very quickly that uh, my other officers actually had gifts uh, and graces unique to that calling. And I had to take a second place to it. For me, it was a little bit awkward to realize that a man who hadn't gone to seminary, but was an elder of the church had yeah. more maturity and biblical wisdom. And I, I thought I was going to go in and have to do it all. And I didn't. How have you maybe learned from the unique gifts and experience of your elders? Yeah. I mean, it, I think that's just it. Like it, it, it became quickly apparent that each one of the elders that I get to serve with have their own unique gift that matches with what the church needs perfectly. So, you know, there's one guy who's just incredibly kind of precise in his theological application of things. There's, there's another man who, um, you know, according to what Paul says to uh, the Thessalonians, he's very motherly and, um, and, and empathetic and, and, and a number of our, our sheep kind of need that. There's another guy who, who you know, he doesn't, he doesn't speak up all the time, but when he does, it's just kind of like the right mediating irenic word that we all need um and so i quickly kind of came to realize that yes the holy spirit has brought these men here and how foolish do i have to be to think that they need to fall in line with my ideas and i I think it i think it serves the other elders well and even the whole church when they see this happen when you know i have an idea and the other elders want to go in a different way and I say, oh, okay, that's good. Let's do that. It's, it's good for everyone to kind of realize like, yeah, the, the burden isn't on my shoulders. And, um, and more often than not, those decisions where it goes different from what I want are right. And in hindsight, I'm thankful for that. Steve, uh, I, I know that the specific challenges that Greenbelt faces um, are, are maybe different from what other congregations might face in other locations, but what have been some of the most difficult challenges as you've just tried to engage in this ordinary means of grace, kind of, as you said, day by day, week by week, yep. ministry of the word of God. What have been some things that have been uh, really challenging? I know, I know you said you weren't really surprised by anything because y- you had the New Testament as your guide. And so we have warnings and, and clear instruction. But, but nonetheless, in your context, what are, what are the things that have really been difficult? Yeah. Let me kind of poke at, at that kind of ordinary means of grace thing again. I, I think one thing that did pop up as a bit difficult was, okay, I, I went into this with that conviction. Um, but not everyone in the church had that conviction. And so right. there, there, there were many times, uh, and, and it kind of still are sometimes, where, where people will say, well, why can't we do this program? We see this church over here, you know, kind of exploding with excitement and, and new membership. Uh, if only we could kind of import that into our context and kind of set up this new kind of thing uh, that, that will make us grow quickly. And so trying to shepherd gently, uh, you know, not having a domineering spirit over those in my charge, uh, but, but shepherding them eagerly and, and, and gently to kind of say, hey, look, we, we can rest in what the scriptures say. There's a sufficiency to God's word. And so kind of getting other people um, 
in light of what they're looking around in the culture and in, in our context, looking around at other churches and how they're doing it, trying to say, you know what? I think that there's a better way and, and getting people in line there. That, that's a great point because it reminds us that we need to keep teaching these things to others under our care. You're convinced of an ordinary means of grace kind of ministry, but, uh, but yeah. you know, not everybody is, and, and we wouldn't necessarily expect them to be unless they were taught and, and yeah. reminded of that. So you have to continually uh, put that in front of them, I would think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, you know, there's, there's a number of different ways to do that, I think, preeminently within the preaching of the word. But, um, yeah, I think over time, and again, I, I'm only five years in, maybe we can do the interview again in like 20 years and see what happens. Yeah, I know, we're I, booking I, it already, actually, you'll be hearing from us. <laughs> I think over time, the, the culture, right, the culture of the church will kind of, will kind of change and, and um, more and more members and, and the kind of the entirety of the church will kind of say, yes, it's good and right that we look to God's word alone for, for how we do this thing called church. So it's not, it's not just you, the minister, who needs to bring in the long view, uh, but it, it's also something that you have to bring others into with yourself. Uh, because I, yeah. while pastors tend to stay uh, in places for only a short while, it's also true that uh, many church members only stay in yeah. places for a short while. Uh, yep. And they begin to get restless with the ordinary. Uh, and so it's not just the pastor who needs to have that, but somehow you're communicating that to your sheep too. Yeah, I, I want them to buy into that because they, they very well can just kind of pick up and, and shop somewhere else um, and, and go to that church down the street. And I want, I don't want to just kind of present it as like, well, this is how we're going to do it. No, I want them to see, wow, this, this really is good. This really is better. Uh, this really is more biblical. So, uh, but that that takes time, I think. Steve, one of the things that we love talking about, particularly with with pastors, and you and I have had this conversation a lot between ourselves and then with other pastors. But but I want to hear from you, and I want our listeners to hear from you. What books have you found to be most helpful, either as you've gone through these last five years? Or as you look back and you say, boy, I'm glad I encountered that before I came. Because like you said, a lot of your expectations were already shaped by the time you arrived there. Uh, yeah. So, so what, were, what were some of those seminal texts that, that kind of kept you going along this path um, yeah. and, and sort of shaped your expectations uh, in pastoral ministry? Well, I'll start with like categories and then, and then maybe give some specifics. Uh, I think that I have been incredibly well served by um by church history books um mm -hmm. uh, just looking at how the church has, has done church and how how, how they thought through pastoral theology and, and all that before so that again i don't have to come in and kind of reinvent the wheel or buy into the zeitgeist of what of what a lot of churches are doing today but um i, I i've got a deeper context for for what's been done before and why they've done it so I think church history is just incredibly invaluable. Uh, and, and thinking specifically then within that context of, of, of actual books that have been valuable, um, Ian Murray, like almost every one of his everything books. He's oh, everything he's written. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, has just been really valuable. Um, I, I think one, one kind of undervalued book, is Reformation of the Church, where it's mm -hmm. kind of the original documents uh, that you see the Reformers and, and a lot of Puritans, uh, he kind of collected to, together and how they think about church. I thought that that was really helpful. Um, so church history, 
You know, I, I had a I had a systematic theology professor in seminary <laughs> who, uh, who, who said that he found systematic theology to be very applicable to pastoral theology. And uh, I think in these past five years, I've, I've seen that to be more and more true. You could think through systematic theology as just the working out of good and necessary consequences from scripture. And, and that's what you're doing. You're going to the word of God and you're, you're saying, okay, how does this apply? And, and how does this great truth impact these sheep? Um, I think even on a deeper level, a lot, of, a lot of people are coming to church not yet fully informed about the God they worship. So, James, I, I think you probably appreciate this a lot uh, just on what you've written, but taking systematic theology and teaching that week in and week out so that the church is, is kind of shepherded and guided to love and adore God more. Uh, in other words, you know, can I show you how big God is? Can we kind of work through uh, these systematic theological paradigms so that you leave away this morning more awestruck and, and your jaw dropping to the floor at, at this is the God I'm, I'm worshiping? And, and I think over time that, that that just has a wonderful effect for the sheep and, 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 and drawing them to adore God and Christ. So what's missing from your list is, I mean, you talked about church history. You also talked about doctrine and systematic theology. And what's, it seems like those things have been the drivers for you rather than a, a, a how-to manual. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just like my DNA um, or, or maybe it's just the how-to manuals, but I don't jive with them too well. Uh, I, I try and read them every once in a while, but um, I don't know. They don't, they don't make my heart pump like, like the other ones do. I'm glad to hear you say that, Steve, because I do think a lot of pastors, it, it becomes easy and understandably so to really have your literary diet beside the scriptures sort of stripped down to commentaries and counseling helps. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and actually the doctrinal texture, especially for those of us in the Reformation tradition where, we, where we've, our tradition has put a lot of thought into articulating that stuff well, that there's more than simply um, how to get through the next counseling case and a commentary on the next passage. But there's also a whole ordered way of thinking about the deposit of the faith that is also systematic and historically uh, situated. So thanks, thanks for saying that. You know, the, the, I'll add this. There are those kind of certain how-to books um, that have been valuable. So I, I don't want to like throw all of them out. Uh, and I'm thinking specifically of um, Al Martin has that little book, You Lift Me Up, on just like what it means to be a pastor. Oh, what a great book. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and then another little one by uh, William Still. I forget the title of it. Just something about shepherding the sheep, I think it's called. Um, but just, just great insights into seasoned pastors on, on what the week looked like, what their study looked like, what taking care of their own hearts looked like. Mm. Um, I, I benefited from those books. Steve, are you talking there about the work of the pastor? That, that's probably, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. another, another great recommendation, Steve, yeah. I, I, I do want to hold you to the, uh, the 10 and 20 year anniversary episodes. So we'll have to have the rest of that conversation then, uh, because we're out of time, but thanks. Thanks so much for joining us today. You know, I always love talking to you and it's fun to, yeah. to do this, um, on the air, so to speak. Thanks for coming on, Steve. It was a pleasure. Thanks guys. Yep. Good talking to you. James, 
I obviously know Steve really well and, and you know him a little bit, but I think it's important for us to hear from, I, I, this is the wrong kind of word. I don't even like using this word, but sort of regular pastors who are, who no, are doing, good... doing the, the regular work of the ministry. Steve talked about the ordinary, he mentioned, I don't know how many times, the ordinary means of grace. And I think the people doing that kind of work, the men who are out there doing that kind of work are often unnoticed and and often kind of underappreciated, but that is really that's the model of under shepherds in the Church of Jesus Christ. And I think that's also what's going to put his flock in good standing in the long run. Is is that Stephen is not, and again to commend him, but he's following a biblical model. He's not a fad chaser. Um, he's not trying to reinvent himself or his church every few years. Um, you know, we think in business the uh, the model of adapt or die, um, as if we need a complete overhaul of everything we've right. been doing every creative few years. Creative destruction. Yeah, creative destruction because it, because everything's changing. So burn it down, build the next thing that's needed to accomplish. And and yet souls and sin and salvation aren't like that. Uh, they aren't the kinds of things that come and go and disappear. There's a sort of constancy in human nature and in the human condition that requires uh, an equal constancy in the ministry and care that we receive through the church. And that, that means that ordinary uh, needs to have a vital place in a healthy church. Yeah. I love talking to pastors like Steve uh, and it's, it's for this stage of each of our lives, this isn't the kind of situation that the Lord has placed us in, but we're both gospel ministers. And, and this is just exactly the kind of person that we want to hold up as a, as a model for other pastors. Right. And I'm glad we were able to talk with Steve because obviously we didn't have him on to pitch um, some hot new take on anything, right? Uh, but rather a reminder that, uh, that the weekly calling of, of shepherding people through a long ministry uh, is in fact the calling of the pastor. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation today. Thank you for listening to Theology on the Go. We, we'd love to hear from you if you're a listener or if you have any ideas for us about uh, people to interview, topics to cover, things that would be helpful to you. We'd like to hear that. And if you're able to donate, you can do that via AllianceNet.org or PlaceForTruth.org. Both of those have donate buttons on them. For listening today, we'd like to give you the opportunity to win a copy of one of the books that Steve mentioned, a great book, You Lift Me Up, Overcoming Ministry Challenges by Al Martin. You can go to placefortruth.org, click on the Theology on the Go link, and there'll be a place for you to enter there to win that book. And as always, we thank you for listening to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. <laughs> <laughs>